This is Sports Talk with Phil Kornblum, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. All right, good evening, everybody. Welcome into Sports Talk here on the Sports Talk Media Network. On a Monday night, we come to you from Coastal Carolina University. Phil Kornblut and Chris Bergen here. We're here because they had a press conference today to introduce Tim Beck as the fourth football coach in Coastal history. Let's see if I can name them all. Uh, David Bennett, Joe Moglia, Jamie Chadwell, and now Tim well done. Beck. Well done. So I know my Coastal Carolina history. That's not a bad average over 20 years. That's a coach every five years. So that's a lot better than a lot of other places. So uh, we're here. We enjoyed listening to Coach Beck. We enjoyed listening to Coach Jamoglia. Matt Hogue, the athletics director, will join us at the bottom of the hour to talk more about Tim Beck, about the search. Well, it really wasn't a search. Joe Moglia, I think, is a genius I mean, his success speaks for itself, whether it's in the business world or uh, in football. He's a winner. He's won in everything he's really ever done as an, uh, as an adult. And uh, he told us after all this was done that this was his baby. He and Tim Beck go back to their days together mm-hmm. at Nebraska. But what he impressed upon all of us and what impressed me was that he had a plan for uh, secession no, secession, not secession, secession uh, in place for years because he oversees the football program. Everybody knows that here at Coastal. He oversees the football program. He had a plan in place knowing that Jamie Chadwell was going to be a hot coach and would eventually be enticed by a lot of money that Coastal could not match to go somewhere else. He had a plan in place. He and Beck had been talking, he said, for three years about the head coaching job here. And Beck wanted this job. This was the one head coaching job at this level he would go for. And when the time came, that's why you had on the day that Liberty announced Jamie Chadwell, Coastal announced Tim Beck. I mean, nobody (laughs) does that in college football. He did not use a a service. He did not use a search company. He didn't pay somebody $40,000 or $50,000 to make phone calls for him and do any of that. He did it on his own, which, you know, when you think about it, Shouldn't that be the job of an AD who makes millions of dollars? Why do you have to? And there were no leaks because they had only a small group of people in the loop as to what was happening. So there were no leaks. You guys didn't know. No. The media down here didn't know. And and so now maybe you can say, well, it's Coastal Carolina. They can handle it that way. You know, a South Carolina, Clemson, Alabama, they can't handle it that way. I don't know. Maybe they can. Maybe if you tried, you could. This is a guy, though, who is in charge of a – or used to be a, in charge of a Fortune 500 company, Phil. It's not like some Joe Smo off the street. Yeah. You can't tell me that that, that plan of pra- – that practice and his secession plan couldn't work anywhere in college athletics. And I think that's what he tried to impress upon us was the fact that this is how it should be done. College football now is a business. It is a multi-million, billion-dollar business. Why can't it be run the same way? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they got the man that they wanted. 
they got the man that they had uh, earmarked for this job one day, and they're very, very happy, and Beck is happy to be here. His daughter was a volleyball player here at mm-hmm. Coastal Carolina, so he's got ties to the school. And he can't be with us tonight because of his schedule and things he's got going on, but Matt Hogue will join us, and we'll talk with him about everything. Meantime, I was in Charlotte on Saturday night, the end of the DJ Uyangale era. Will not have to – well, may have to spell that name one more time when he decides uh, where he's going to transfer to because he's in the transfer portal. That didn't last very long. The goodwill lasted about 48 hours between when he was benched and when he decided to enter the transfer portal publicly. And let's just face it, folks, all the talk we hear from college coaches and players about lovey-dove and all that – uh, when one loses one's job and does not see a future for himself at that school, all the love and all the appreciation goes out the window. Uh, today, of course, was the first day that players could actually put their name in the transfer portal. You might have noticed if you tried to go to the restroom that you didn't have a lot of water pressure. That's because <laughs> all that flushing, there was a heck of a lot of flushing out of programs going on. <laughs> Starting today, and I mean, it was one after another. Uh, Clemson, you saw Uyangale enter the portal, John. Uh, Fred Davis entered the portal, John. I don't know if those uh, misdemeanor charges will follow him wherever he goes. Ouch. But, uh, well, those are still pending, aren't they? I assume so, yeah. I think they're still pending. Anyway, um, that has to be uh, considered, I guess, wherever he goes. But that was a bust um, because he was a highly touted kid out of Jacksonville, never panned out at Clemson. Uh, E.J. Williams, he's Mm -hmm. in the portal, John, from Clemson. And he turned out to be not what was expected of him. Had a good start to his career and then kind of faded for whatever reason. And then um, I'm just going off memory here. Kobe Pace. Oh, Kobe Pace. I had a feeling after I saw him in the South Carolina game when they had that series that Will Shipley eventually scored on, but Pace carried the ball a couple of times. They pulled him and put Shipley back in. I think it was an 11-yard run by Shipley. And Pace took off his helmet as he came off the field before he got to the sideline. And it's sort of like, why are you pulling me? But hard to argue because Shipley scored on, like, the next play. And that's Shipley's deal. That's his job. That's mm-hmm. his thing, getting in the end zone. It's about team. But I had a feeling right then and there we might have seen the last of Kobe Pace at Clemson. So he's in the transfer portal, John, as well. Uh, South Carolina, the boy. How about this? Austin Stogner did not see that coming. In fact, you know, Friday we had the news about Cam Smith signing with the agent. Was that Friday? That was Friday, I think. Signing with the agent being done. I didn't mention this Friday. Kind of glad I didn't. But my information from uh, my contact in the uh, agency business as of Friday, the word around agents was that Rattler and Stogner would return. Hmm. Now, Stogner can still, you know, go to college again. He's just going to go somewhere else. Why he's leaving South Carolina, I don't know. Um, when somebody leaves, you're a starter, and you just are part of an 8-4 and four team that had a great year, and you up and leave before the bowl game. Is is that a reflection on you, or a, you think maybe he didn't get along with Jody Wright, the coach, or he didn't like the offense? I mean, he didn't think he was getting enough catches. What do you think? Or did he like the offense that Marcus Satterfield had been running? I think he had, what, 20 catches, so it wasn't like he had an explosive year, but he mm-hmm. was involved. And is he concerned that bringing in the new OC, maybe the offense won't work as well for him? 
I don't know this to be a, the fact, but I would have assumed that both he and Spencer Rattler came to Carolina together. My guess is they're probably roommates. You it was think. Stogner who got Rattler. Exactly. Stogner so, came first. Yeah. So why uh, – or is that an indication, just trying to read a couple of the tea leaves and hard to do now with the uh, transfer portal, is that an indication that maybe Spencer Rattler has quietly told Austin Stogner, hey, I'm not coming back next year either, so you know, go find somewhere else. Perhaps. I don't know it. Pure speculation on my part. But it, it, that one is as confusing and as mind-boggling as anyone would be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Who else from South Carolina? Reserve linebacker Darrell Ware is in the transfer portal, John. I only mention him because he eventually went on scholarship. I'm not going to mention every walk-on who puts their name into the transfer portal, John. But he came as a walk-on from Fort D, did a nice job, uh, and earned a scholarship but has decided to, to leave to go somewhere else. And um, anybody else from South Carolina that you can recall off the top of your head? I think those were – There were three, I think. Well, the other R.J. Roderick, who – Well, I'm talking about today. I'm talking about today. I think those are the ones who were scholarship players uh, today uh, to do their thing. But um, uh, uh, let's go back to Clemson and North Carolina. Well, first of all, you know, quite the win for Clemson to win the ACC championship, kind of uh, heal the wound of the loss to South Carolina. So they got 11 wins, a chance for 12 against Tennessee. They're going to play in a traditional New Year's Day bowl in the Orange Bowl, so that's all big. So Clemson, you know, they still, uh, despite the loss to Notre Dame and the loss to uh, South Carolina, uh, they still have a very successful season. They don't make the playoffs, but is that what you're totally judged by now, playoff or no playoff? I mean, 11 wins is 11 wins. I guess from Clemson's standpoint, losing to South Carolina, not making the playoffs, you combine those two in the same year, that makes for a disappointing year, no matter what else you do. But they put Klubnik in. It was very interesting. Nobody knew that they were going to automatically go to Klubnik in the third series. Nobody knew that. We just thought it was – uh, Uyunglele had two disastrous series to mm-hmm. open the game. And now that I, I think about it, tell me what you think of this. He knew, Klubnik knew, third series Klubnik was going in. Mm-hmm. I guess nobody knew that was going to be it, but Klubnik was playing so well. You weren't going to take him out. The first pass that Uyunglele threw was basically a dirt ball. Looked like me well, off why the first tee. Yeah, <laughs> why do you think – it was like he just threw it in the ground and didn't care. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's the case, but it looked to me like somebody who knew that, hey, even if I throw an 80-yard touchdown pass here, I'm coming out in the second after two series and I may not get back. It's like he just threw the ball in the dirt. Um, and none of his passes in the first two series looked good at all. Like it just wasn't there. And then when they took him out, you might not have seen this on television. Maybe you had to be there to see it. Uh, he went and started – shaking hands and tapping the other members on the of the offensive unit on their shoulder pads like hey been been a nice ride and you know mm-hmm. good luck to you in the future that sort of thing he did stay with the team sta- stand on the sideline was in the huddles and all that kind of stuff but you could probably see the handwriting on the wall at that point in time even though you know Dabo being Dabo after the game well he's going to be our backup quarterback going into the orange bowl <laughs> Hey, Dabo refuses to acknowledge the fact that the kids can just, on a moment's notice, put their name in the portal, John, and be gone. Mm-hmm. He yeah. just won't accept it, either coming or going. So, but it's a good win for Clemson. Their defense played fantastic in the second. Really, after the opening drive, they really shut down North Carolina. How do you like to match up with Tennessee? 
I think they uh, – I feel like Clemson's got the edge because even with sort of still an unproven commodity, a quarterback in Kate Klubnick, I don't know that Joe Milton is ready to push that Tennessee offense up and down the field the way Hendon Hooker did. So I like Clemson's uh, physicality maybe more so. Tennessee still strikes me as a, a finesse-type football team. They want to play basketball on grass. Mm. They want to score 50 points, and if their defense gives up 47, hey, we still won. Yeah. I don't know that they can do that against Clemson. So I like the Tigers' matchup in that ballgame. But, Phil, back to the AC championship I think the more egregious errors were Mac Brown and his coaching staff Ooh. and then to come out and admit Ooh. you had no preparation no no backup plan if DJ were pulled from the ball game I would never have admitted that but he said basically you know they planned for DJ and he did exactly what they anticipated he would struggle against their defense mm-hmm. but when they rolled over to plan B and brought Kate Klubnick in it was almost like well now wait a minute Dabo you're not supposed to do that right. you hadn't changed quarterbacks all year right. you can't do it now Right, right. You're exactly right. That was shocking. I give him credit for honesty, but that was shocking. A couple of other things to mention here. Um, Vontae Bentley, Clemson reserve linebacker, he's in the transfer portal, John. That's another one who went in. Uh, Shaq Davis, the fine receiver from NC State, uh, SC State, I'm sorry, from South Carolina State, is entering the NFL draft. Yeah, so he's putting his name into the uh, NFL draft, and I think we've caught up on all that stuff at this point in time. Phil, did, and, you, did you mention uh, Kevin Swint as well? Because that hurts their depth on the line. Uh, he was an edge rusher from Carrollton, Georgia as a junior. Didn't see a whole lot of playing time, but I think Dabo and, and the defense were expecting a lot from him next year, at the very least from a depth perspective. Well, yeah, I didn't mention him because that's already been – he's already been gone. He's been – he left the team weeks ago. Right. Uh, Kevin Swint, and there was another one, I think, at Clemson who left the team. Just like at South Carolina, R.J. Roderick left mm-hmm. the team weeks right. ago. I'm, not, I'm, I'm just talking about the ones today uh, who have stepped up and, and made it known that they're departing. But that's a good point. That's another one that they, that they are losing. Um, Clemson defensive end K.J. Henry is uh, going to play in the Senior Bowl. He was selected for that, so he's going to play in that. Baker Mayfield is requested and um, – uh, agreed to uh, he requested a release from the Panthers and they agreed to uh, let him go. So <laughs> they asked the fans too, and they also agreed. No, you that, need to go. That's 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 another <laughs> another. But you know this thing about I, I'm, you know, I, I did not like all this stuff happening. I still don't like it with college football, but I accept it. And it's like it's free agency. They have more free agency than the than the pros do. And it's like Joe Moglia. You know, listen to Coach Moglia. He makes a lot of sense. He's old school in a lot of ways. He believes a handshake is a handshake, a mm-hmm. commitment's a commitment, a contract's a contract. You know, he learned that from uh, his days in business when he was making billion-dollar deals that impacted hundreds of millions of Americans, when you think about it, right, uh, with the companies that he worked with. And so that's what he would like to see, and he's – He's um, blown away by the fact that the NCAA has no leadership and and there's no one there to hold people accountable Mm -hmm. for contracts. And when you sign a contract, you know, he believes you should serve out that contract and it should go both ways, you know. Um, But in the world we live in now with the transfer portal, John, you have instant free agency for colleges with the one-time free transfer now. And, you know, players are – it's like some players who aren't really good college players, but, you know, they're famous two times in their careers. When they commit, they get their notoriety, and when they go back in the portal, 
because, you know, they get blown up by the websites. Breaking news, third string right tackle, <laughs> so-and-so has entered the, the transfer point. And everybody goes, we got to have him, we got to have him. Not to be heard from again, you know. Um, but that's the world we live in in, um, in college. Maybe Matt Hogue can fix it. <laughs> when he joins us here in a little bit, you know, uh, I'm going to ask him if, if, anybody he can, can, Matt can. if he can fix all these things to my <laughs> satisfaction so I don't have to suffer through all this for who knows how many more years. Okay, let's hit our break, uh, and then we'll come back. Oh, by the way, South Carolina, uh, we'll talk about South Carolina and their bowl matchup against Notre Dame. What a great opportunity for South Carolina. Not that Notre Dame is any great shakes, and they're going to be using a backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least Spencer Rattler, he told Gamecock Central he's going to ba- be there for the bowl game. You know, he, he said that. Uh, but who? But they've lost a starting corner, and now they've lost a starting tight end. You don't know what team you're going to take to the bowl game from the game team that, you know, played your last game. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> All right, we'll be back from Coastal Carolina University in a moment here on Sports Talk. Score a touchdown with Founders Federal Credit Union. With services like Founders Online and the Founders app, you'll enjoy all the perks of a big bank with local personalized service. Not a member? Joining Founders Federal Credit Union is easy. Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership. Relax with Founders. Terms and conditions apply. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. Hi, I'm State Treasurer Curtis Loftus, and I've got a great gift idea that requires zero shopping, the gift of college savings. Future Scholar South Carolina's 529 College Savings Plan makes it easy. Grandparents, friends, and family can all contribute to a Future Scholar account and know that they're providing a gift that will last a lifetime. If you're looking for the perfect gift this holiday season, look no further. Learn more about the smart, easy way to save and give this holiday season at futurescholar.com. We're with Major Billy Downer of DNR Major. It's always a good time for folks to remember to get those licenses renewed. Doesn't matter what time of the year, it's always a season in, whether it's fishing or hunting. Make sure to check your licenses, make sure they're up to date. If you need a hunting or fishing license, you may go to www.dnr.sc.gov to purchase your license online or to any local license vendor in your local area. And don't forget to join us for SC Wild from DNR with Major Billy Downer on Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. All right, we're back. It is uh, Sports Talk here on the uh, Sports Talk Media Network. Good to have you with us on this uh, Monday night. We come to you from Coastal Carolina University. And our phone number, 888-898-2525. That is the South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number here on Sports Talk in uh, 2002. More than $6 billion in lottery proceeds have been used to support South Carolina educational programs, Learn more about the lottery's impact at sceducationlottery.com slash education wins. And playing for fun is a win for education. Uh, We'll have uh, Zach Willis with us at 730 to talk more about that Clemson and North Carolina game and the bowl games that are coming up. And for the most part, we'll be taking your phone calls as we go on through the night here on Sports Talk from Coastal Carolina. But right now we are joined by the athletics director, 
at Coastal Carolina University, a one-time play-by-play voice of Coastal Carolina, and uh, back in Columbia, a one-time sports talk show host on a show rated uh, behind this one, if I must say so myself. It probably was rated behind <laughs> yours, which is why I elevated to work with you on your show. I wanted to be – No, from, you – I wanted you, to go from AAA to the major. You had a very, very highly – you were on FM and we were on AM, so you were you were up there. You were big but, time. But, but as I recall, you had a much better experience at IB's. Yes, IBs than, oh. than others. You that's know, a, sitting in a in a crusty studio. That's a name from the past. That was one of our many stops. Uh, it's great to have you with us. Yeah, it's good to have you guys here. Yeah, fantastic uh, setup we have here up in the uh, presidential suite at the HTC Center. So, what'd you think of your day today? Uh, introducing your new head football coach. Very exciting day went went very smooth, very well. Uh, you know, it's always a, a stress, as many in our business know, for your staff when you are trying to uh, orchestrate an event such as this. In many cases, A, on short notice, and B, when you really can't divulge a ton of information about what you're doing. Uh, so I think our staff did a great job. We had a, uh, a knock-it-out-of-the-park event here in the HTC Center out on the, on the basketball floor. A great crowd showed up, a lot of folks from the public. Uh, which I think really shows uh, how our program has continued to grow uh, by leaps and bounds and the, the investment and the care that people have in, in how our program is doing. So uh, Coach Beck is ready to roll, and, and we're really excited to have uh, landed uh, the guy we targeted. Absolutely, and it was done quickly. As Coach Mowgli pointed out, he had been talking with Beck for several years, and his plan was in place. For knowing this moment was going to come at some point in time, I don't know that I've ever seen a situation where a school you know, loses a coach and on the same day, unless they are um, promoting somebody sure. from within, naming somebody from outside the program that very same day. That's one of the real special aspects of, of what Joe brings to this uh, this entire management team, if you will, that, that we've had in place for some time. And um, he is innovative. Uh, you, you've interviewed him. Uh, he's unlike anyone that you will ever meet, particularly in the way that he views – the tenets of business, and and even more so uh, in that regard, succession planning. Uh, he's done that at the corporate level. It's almost an activity that he takes to uh, even an obsessive level. Mm-hmm. He, he believes in it so much, and he works so hard at it. Um, and that's that's a, a big advantage for us. Uh, everyone has to do this to a certain extent. You know, I think anyone who's in a in a seat like I am, you know, all the colleagues that I have out there. Uh, you're always prepping yourself for the unexpected change in coaches because it could happen in any number of for any number of reasons. Um, you certainly hope it's happening because someone's successful and they're moving forward, and that means your program's in good shape. But if you aren't constantly going through this exercise, um, even if it's just making sure, hey, here are my top five names, my top six, whatever it is, uh, then you're really not doing your due diligence. You're you're not doing your job. You're you're behind the eight ball. But I think what what I've seen with Joe and what we've learned with Joe and how he's you know certainly uh, spearheaded this process, he takes it to the nth degree. And you saw the fruit of that today. Yeah, you always hear about ads having their little list in the drawer mm-hmm. that they their Excel spreadsheets now. It's not a little notepad, huh? Okay. <laughs> Although maybe it should be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we go back to the old but, school uh, way. But apparently he had a spreadsheet of one. 
Well, I, I think this was a, a unique situation because he had the opportunity when he broke back into uh, college coaching in the late 2000s uh, at Nebraska uh, to have gotten to know Tim very well. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that really impressed uh, Joe at that time is when uh, Bo Pelini and, and the Nebraska staff had to fill their offensive coordinator position. Um, you know, they went straight to Tim Beck. And, you know, that, that left a, a, a deep impression on Joe. He had a chance to see him in action. And that's really invaluable when you think about it because how often do you have an opportunity to have interacted and worked with, not necessarily in a supervisory role, someone that you believe could be a candidate uh, down the road if you ever got into that situation. And I think he just parlayed that uniqueness uh, into this decision. Okay, hang on. We'll come back for a few minutes after the break talk to you more about the qualities that you guys like Mm -hmm. in Tim Beck, what direction he's going to take the program. I mean, he's not taking over a program that's broken. You know, he's taking over a program at a very high level. We'll be back in a moment. All right, we are back with you. Sports Talk on this Monday night. We're at Coastal Carolina University. It's a busy, busy day in the sports world. Coaching moves, uh, player moves, both on the collegiate level. I should say the professional collegiate level and the professional professional. Uh-huh. Make the, am I wrong? Mr. Hogue, am I wrong? <laughs> You're dealing with uh, professionals. New model. New model. Do you new like model. the new model? Uh, I mean, personally, there's some challenges, Um, you know, just generationally what you love about college athletics, you know, has changed uh, tremendously. But, you know, this is an ever-evolving business, so you've got to be prepared to adapt and adjust. You know, that's that's the key. Um, But ultimately, we, you know, we're all in the business to do the best that we can for our student-athletes. And, you know, they have the the ability to go and, and take advantage of their popularity and their name, image, and likeness. And... They're doing that. So I think ultimately the goal was accomplished, but obviously there's still things that that I feel like need to be reeled in. We've got to get some kind of uh, standardization to how it works. Uh, and And I think most folks in our business would tell you that to some degree or another. Back to your new football coach, Joe Moglio, was telling us the one thing he made sure as he was looking at different people was, do they understand what you guys are doing here at Coastal Carolina? What impressed you most about Tim Beck? Well, I think he did, he understood that, uh, Chris, uh, for sure. Uh, he's very aware of not only the system that we were running, the success that we've had, uh, but very aware of the, of the coaches that we have here. So I think one of his first goals is to sit down and you know try to try to win maybe some of those coaches. You know, we we know what happens this time of year. Staffs change over and they follow the guys that have moved on to other jobs, but. Um, you know, he, he's not going to take that as a, a foregone conclusion. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that will be as much of a, a discussion point as what happens with sitting down with the players. He had his first team meeting today um, and, and started laying down, you know, what he wants to get accomplished and, and, and sell, you know, those guys that, hey, be committed uh, to Coastal. I, I think 
the the other part of that is uh, you know we have had an incredibly successful program. We've had it really throughout the entire 20 years that we've celebrated our 20th season this year. Um, you know, we we have a winning percentage over those 20 years of almost 66. percent Yeah, that's hard to do. Uh, and and today in college football, we're approaching 250 games. Hard to believe it's flown by that quickly. So there is a legacy. There's a tradition that has to be uh, you know lived up to. And and I think he gets that. He understands. He's got seasoning. He's been around. This is not somebody that you know just broke into coaching a few years ago or has been on a couple of teams that had nice years. I mean, he's been in the grind for some time and the other part that I think really will he brings to the table is you know and this is part of the reason we wanted to move as quickly as possible because we all knew that the portal was opening today that's you know that window now is kind of forcing the hand a little quicker Mm -hmm. than it did before Uh, the signing date right on top of that December 21st so his uh, his ability and his connections from a recruiting standpoint um, you know, having, quite frankly, a high degree of credibility when you have to start thinking through, you know, what might be available in the transfer uh, market, so to speak, um, he he brings that ready-made. So I think all those ingredients is, is what made him the ideal candidate to, to be our fourth coach. Phil asked you about possible changes and help from the NCAA, as you referenced, with regards to name, image, and likeness, and maybe we can't change the transfer portal in its date, but would it be helpful to maybe move to a summer signing period to go along with the spring signing period as opposed to one in the, in early December to kind of force coaches' hands. Yeah, and, that, and that's been on the legislative table, you know, many times. And I, I, I would personally not have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. I, I think you, you want to try to get that locked down as soon as possible because this is a very tough time of year, not just because of what the calendar is and how you're trying to work through your commitments, but – you know, institutions have different schedules this time of year. You know, being able to do a lot of the legwork you have to do behind the scenes uh, can be maybe a little more difficult, you know, and every school has different challenges from that standpoint. So if you can get folks locked in a little sooner, we, we all know that the summer environment is ultimately where a lot of evaluation is mm-hmm, happening. Right. That, that's that's where the real, uh, you know, rubber hits the road and, and – the, the deal, not I shouldn't say deals, but that's you know that's that's kind of what's happening now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where the decisions are being made. That's where athletes are choosing where they're going to go. Let's take out that three or four months of you know guesswork and 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 lock it in at that time. What do you expect offensively from Coach Beck? We know what Coastal did so successfully especially the last few years under Chadwell. Of course, you had a very special quarterback. Mm-hmm. Any insight from you on? His future with the program, McCall, and then what? What kind of offense are you expecting? I mean, we certainly uh, Grayson is one of those you know transformational players. He's he's got options in front of him for a pro career. We know that. Um, you know, that's something that I think uh, I can't speak for him, but I, I feel that first and foremost he's going to evaluate that. Uh, but I, I think one thing we've learned in the last year or so, um, you know, Grayson is somebody that loves Coastal Carolina. You know, he has a tremendous affinity for this school. Uh, I think he made that very clear in some of his colorful remarks <laughs> in the past year. Um, you know, he and even in in you know you talk about NIL, even with the way he's connected with the you know the deal at Darlington. I mean, he's very much become ingrained in our culture here. So, you know, I, I certainly hope that that will weigh heavily on on any you know op- opportunities that may come his way. But I think first and foremost, he's got to weigh what does the future look like for him outside of college football because he's he's one of those individuals that has that opportunity, and I'm sure he will do that. But from a from a scheme standpoint, Phil, I, I think you know. 
a lot of folks have watched uh, Tim's offenses. Uh, they've watched NC State. They've watched Ohio State. Um, you're you're going to see probably an amalgamation of a lot of things. I would not necessarily rule out, based on the talent that we have and the way our team plays, that you may not see some of the – uh, you know, the DNA of what we've been doing. Mm-hmm. I, I think, as he said in his press conference today, you, you, you have to have good players and you've got to play to their strengths. And I think any good coach does that, and I, I think we'll see that uh, see that as well. But let's, you know, let, let's be very candid. In today's game, you better have a trigger trigger man that can make it happen. Sure. And, and that's really where it all starts. And we've got what we feel like is one of the nation's premier coaches that has – you know, tutored quarterbacks. Uh, and, and what he did this year at NC State was short of, you know, extraordinary to guide them to the record they have, an upset over North Carolina uh, with really four guys, and all of which had different skill sets. So I, I think that speaks volumes for his uh, capability. One last thing. I mean, people around the state might be wondering, you're the athletics director, but Joe Moglia oversees the kind of – kind of oversees the football operation having been the former coach here. And some people might – wonder how does that work well for a guy who's an AD and ADs are the guys who usually handle football how do you personally uh, accept that handle that in your role the, the relationship between you and and Joe it must be exceptional well it is and uh, and has been for eight years a tremendous learning uh, lab for me yeah you know there, there's not a lot of folks that would have an opportunity to be that tied in and close to and, and have a, a friendship with someone who's achieved what he has in the business world. <laughs> yeah. You know, that mm-hmm. you, you can't go get a degree at a business school or an MBA that's, that's good as that. So, you know, first and foremost, that's an incredible opportunity. But number two, um, you know, my focus in over 25 years here has always been service to, to this institution. That's the way the institution wanted to draw up the structure. So it's never been really an issue. I mean, we've been able to work incredibly well together through that. And, you know, through this whole process, again, it it started way before now. And there's been plenty of times where he and I have communicated, all right, show me your list. Let's talk through this. Let's bounce ideas. Um, you know, there's names I would, would drop in. So once you get to this stage, we're, we're 100% uh, in sync, and I trust him uh, you know, tremendously with the, the way forward. As an outsider, I mean, I have to be impressed. Yeah, no question. I have to be impressed with the way you guys handled it. And listening to Joe today talk to us, and, the, you know, he kind of scoffed, if I can use a word for him, he kind of scoffed at the other – at bigger schools who hire – search firms to help go find these guys. He says it's about relationships, and truly it is about Mm -hmm. relationships. And he had this relationship with Beck going back to their days at Nebraska. He kept that alive, knowing that he just kept hitting. And this is is where he applies his business acumen. It's about being prepared for the next step, not knowing when the next step is going to come, but when it comes, you're ready. You guys were ready. We we were ready, and and that's the way we we approach – all of our scenarios here. Uh, you know, if you, you can go back to the spring when, you know, we were fortunate to hire uh, Coach Pedersen to be our women's basketball coach. It was the same thing. There was no search firm. You know, we, we didn't go through that. Uh, and, you know, obviously Joe's feelings on that are very clear, but mine are very clear too. I'm in a position where my job is to evaluate coaches. My job is to go out and take the time. Joe mentioned watching film today, but whatever activity it is, mm-hmm. You know, and being an old sportscaster, right, mm-hmm. you know, I tend to enjoy that a little more. 
dive into the minutia of what makes a coach work or not work. You know, I think I think we are in kind of that second by second social media world now, and we get caught up in the rush. And I think you have to be very careful. That all that's great. You know, the fanfare is important, but you you have to be deliberate and you have to be, I think, you know, very judicious at how you go about those decisions because they're incredibly impactful decisions for a long time. And if if you don't have all your your eggs into the into the process, uh, you're, you're you may not get the maximum out of what you're trying to do. Have you got a short list for your next basketball play-by-play announcer slash sideline <laughs> football announcer? You got a little short That's list a ready? Really small list, huh? Are you, is that is that you ready for is that? It's man? a game-by-game evaluation. I'll I'll be listening tomorrow night. Speaking of which, sooner or later, I'm sure you guys certainly hope that it's tomorrow night. But Cliff Ellis about to hit 900 career victories. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what what a career! Uh, you know, this guy's been doing it for close to 50 years. Uh, it's it's really and I, you know, I want to say tonight because we, you know, we we really want to see Cliff be recognized by the National College Basketball Hall of Fame. I think the time has come that he needs to be in that organization. When you look at a lot of the coaches that are in it, uh, you know, in the heart of basketball country in Kansas City, um, you know, start that campaign tonight because what what he's been able to do at multiple schools is right up there with you know the legends of the game. Uh, 900 wins, mm. any way they come, <laughs> close games, big wins, the opponent, it's 900 college basketball wins. That yeah. just You don't just roll the ball out and, and make that happen, um, you know, especially today with the, with the, the challenges that you face uh, with your team really kind of changing over in so many ways. And, you know, to, to be off to a solid start this year, I mean, Chris knows he follows our team very closely calling the games. We lost our entire backcourt, which was a very solid backcourt last year in the transfer portal and you know mm. and we've brought some some nice players in but that you know the chemistry and the way you you build a team now is just it, it's so much more difficult so you know hats off to coach we, we certainly hope that he can uh can notch that 900th victory tomorrow we thank you so much for spending time with Absolutely. us i know it's been a long day when you have to go through a coaching well a relatively short coaching process but it is a process in and of itself but we thank you as always for the time we this gives you a chance to put the old headset right. back on <laughs> and right. Go back to the days when, you know, you, you come down a couple of notches to our level. So we thank well, you very much. You know, next week, Phil, I mean, if you need a day off, ah. I'll be happy to. I, I am know. more than happy to turn the. I'll, I'll, I'll but you know in. what? You'll have to knock off Mr. Bergen. Not First it. of all, you know. and Matt's welcome anytime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Matter of fact, you ought to invite him over Saturday to help out with the uh, North South game. Hey, come on over. We'll, we'll be here. Well, you know, he saved my butt a few years ago when we were doing it here at Coastal. Remember the year we played it at Coastal? Mm-hmm. And I use. Thanks to Co- thanks to Joe Cashin and the good folks at Coastal, I borrowed the sideline that you use, the sideline <laughs> equipment. I couldn't figure out how to make it work. <laughs> and Matt goes walking by in the background, and I go, "There's somebody right there who I know how I know knows how this works." You know, I don't remember that ever coming back. That equipment being returned. No. Is that on eBay? <laughs> my grandkids. It's my my grandkids are playing with them. Gotcha. Thank you very much, Appreciate my friend, it, Matt. guys. Appreciate it. All right, Matt Hogue, the AD here at Coastal Carolina. It's a big day for Coastal Carolina, welcoming Tim back in as their fourth head football coach. Quick note. Well, let's see. I need to correct. Let me correct first. Uh, Pat, now jump in and correct me on my mistake on Kevin Swint. Oh, yeah, just in the point I was trying to make, Kevin Swint entered the portal today. He's been a reserve edge rusher for Clemson. Uh, it's all good. There's a lot of happenings, but you had said that that previously happened. It did not. He right. played in all 13 games for the Tigers. He just entered today. And the point I was trying to make was 
both Swint and Bentley enter, entering the portal. One's a linebacker, one's an edge rusher, more like a D-end. But that still hurts their depth for, ne- for next year. But I was hoping to get y'all's thoughts on, if you read the tea leaves a little bit, if that may indicate some other players along that defensive line, both first and second string that have eligibility remaining, may be trying to return for another shot at a title uh, and maybe a little redemption against South Carolina. And then the next point was a name to remember in the portal, even though to this point Dabo has not really been a fan of it. Hunter Johnson, the only player, of course, that he's taken. Um, Justin Flo, former linebacker who initially had committed to the Clemson Tigers, I believe even got a Clemson tattoo on his body before then changing to Oregon. He is, he, yeah, he entered the portal today, and I can't help but wonder if maybe uh, Dabo and Wes Goodwin might reach out to him and see if there's some mutual interest there. They probably will, but I have a feeling he's going to end up at Colorado. I think Dion's mm. going to bring ah. in a bunch of these players who just want to play for Dion and the fun that's going to be out there in Colorado. I'd say look out for that. And you were correct about Kevin Swint. Keep an eye on this. In the championship game, they had Brissy playing at defensive end. They, they moved did. him outside, mm-hmm. so maybe they are preparing. Okay, and one quick and very important note from Wofford basketball. Yeah, a little disturbing. Uh, Jay McCauley, the head men's basketball coach at Wofford, according to Pete Entity, has announced he is taking a leave of absence effective immediately. Dwight Perry, who is their associate head coach, is going to serve as the interim head coach. So we certainly and you're wish stepping right McCauley. in there tomorrow night. Yeah, be there tomorrow night, maybe get some uh, further details, but certainly wish him well. Absolutely. Great guy. Mm-hmm. Hope things are okay Terrific and coach things too. he gets back soon. We have to hit the break. On the other side, I promise we'll get to these phone calls, 888-898-2525. It'll be your time. Take you to 730. Uh, we got a little bit of um, uh, Dabo Sweeney and uh, what's his name? Uh, Shane Beamer. Shane Beamer. Yeah. Got a little bit. <laughs> How quickly they forget. <laughs> we got those comments coming up from yesterday. Yesterday was a crazy day, of course, trying to cover everything that was happening between here and Columbia and Clemson and other points in between. All that's coming up after the break. Be right back. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games set from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. Think big, life-changing. I'm talking education, inventive, next-level education. Wake up. For 20 years, education has received billions in funding. Where, you ask? (laughs) Right here, across our state, in your own backyard. Who has done this? Well, if you've ever played the lottery, that would be you. Thank you. The South Carolina Education Lottery. When you play, we all win. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions played it for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at seccattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. 
All right, we're back at Sports Talk. Thanks again to Matt Hogan. We're just talking. What a great he's a career he's made for himself from a broadcaster in Columbia to come into Coastal. I remember when he took the job at Coastal, and he told me, I'm leaving to go to Conway to be the play-by-play announcer for Coastal. And my response was, why? <laughs> I mean, seriously, why? At there the was time, no, there that was, was no a football. legitimate question. There yeah. was no football. There was NAIA basketball. Mm-hmm. He had a good baseball team, but – his broadcasts were on the internet only, no radio station. And look at him now. What a great, what a great job. There's hope for all of us. And what's funny is it may come ultimately off, uh, full circle because we may get to a point in sports broadcasting that you're only on the internet anymore. It's a shame. Hopefully we don't get to that point. No, but, no, no, no. Our station, but, we're not letting our stations no, go No, no, anywhere. I didn't mean sports talk. I'm just oh, talking okay. about the game broadcast oh, themselves. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get to the phone calls, 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery, lucky number. Appreciate those of you who've dialed us up. Going to get to as many calls as we can. First up tonight, first up this week, uh, it's going to be um, uh, There's a, a Keith in Camden. Yes, sir, Keith. Welcome into Sports Talk tonight from Coastal. How are you? Hey, guys. Hope you all doing well. Yes, sir. I tell you what, that was that was a great interview with Matt. I really enjoyed it. Uh, one comment: uh, the young man from Oregon, if he if he wants to come to Columbia, I'll go ahead and pay for the tattoo on the right arm. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But but a uh, couple of questions, and I'll hang up so you can get other folks. Number one, uh, Carolina standpoint, what is our quarterback room look like number two who are we looking at bringing in and number three with the signing date being december 21st what impact you think that has not having an oc in place love the show listen every night and y'all guys have a great evening yeah you too well again right now uh, rattler is planning on being with the team he told gamecock central in an interview there that he would be with the team through the bowl game, and and then we'll see what happens. I don't know. You you mentioned Stogner's departure, maybe an indication. I don't know. Um, as far as what else they've got going on in the quarterback room, of course they they've got a pretty full room. I got to believe there's going to be some departures from there. You got the Davis kid that came in in last year's class who was uh, highly regarded. Mm-hmm. You got the Bailey kid that came in in last year's class who was highly regarded. Uh, you got the Gauthier kid who's in there who's probably uh, the most likely to leave. I don't see where there's going to be any room for him at the end with everything else they've got going in. Um, They've got Lenora Sellers that they're still recruiting from South Florence who's committed to uh, Syracuse, who put on a show in the state championship game Saturday night. They are are still in on him. They uh, don't have a quarterback commitment in the 23 class, the the class that's set to sign starting December 21st. They do not have one. They do have one for the 24 class in Dante Reno. But if if Rattler were to leave, then I think there'd be a pretty good possibility that Reno would reclassify and come in with the 23 class. He could do that. He's academically in a position to do that. So that's kind of where things stand. They're not actively recruiting any other quarterbacks at this point besides Lenora Sellers. So he would be the one. Reno could come in the class if mm-hmm. Rattler were to leave. I think if Rattler stays, then Reno stays in the 24 class and waits for the next year. All right, thanks very much. 888 898 
It's Andy time in Columbia. Andy, welcome in. How are you? Corn, Pat, Chris, I am just doing wonderful, you know. Just spent 86 on Kate Upton. What else could I ask for? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> not bad, like, not bad. You like that, huh, Corn? Oh, that's good, that's good, that was good, yeah. We just yeah. don't get Verlander, we get Upton with that deal. Yes, you do, yeah. <laughs> Way to go. That's worth the price of admission right there, if you ask me. Hey, I'll tell you what, when he's pitching, the view from um, – the um, seats is going to be a lot better than what it was when Jake was pitching. Last we we year. might want to explain to people who don't know what you're talking about. It took me a second. You know, to it took out me what a second too. Yeah. But you know, the Mets signed Verlander, mm-hmm. eighty-six million for how many years? Two years. Two years. Wow. Good lord, forty-three million a year. Amazing, isn't it? And he's married, of course, to the drop-dead gorgeous mm-hmm. Kate Upton. So anyway, he's living a rough life, isn't he? That's tough. We yeah. should all be so uh, cursed. That's yeah. tough. <laughs> Tough, tough, tough. A couple of things. Would you call Joe Mo the T Boone Pickens of um, Coastal Carolina? No, I would not because, I mean, because he well, was here as a coach, I don't think he could just write a check. There were things the NCAA limited him. So, yeah. as an out, if he were an outsider, you know, and he took a liking to Coastal and started throwing money at him. Yes, but no, he hasn't done that, has he, Chris? No, he's not allowed to. I, I don't think he can even do it now as a member of the athletic staff itself mm-hmm. as the executive but if director. But he steps of away, Chris, football. from the I staff? Think he could probably, yeah, he could probably write as big a check as he wants to the university at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, another couple of things. Regarding bowl games, when are they going to start, you know, with NIL out there? When are they going to start upping money? to save some of these kids don't declare now we're going to give you this amount of money to play in the game yeah probably coming it's a great question i mean i'm sure it's places you'll see some very wealthy people step up and say hey guys you know everybody going to a bowl game here's an extra hundred thousand dollars if you make it to the Mm -hmm. bowl site something like that be right back welcome back to sports talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. All right, we are back with you. Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network on an active Monday. Phone number 888-898-2525. We'll have recruiting coming up for you in a little bit. And Shane Beamer uh, this afternoon, about 4, 4.30, put out a commitment alert. Nobody has claimed it yet. Nobody has reported on who it is. So that is uh, something still to be uh, resolved. But uh, the Gamecocks apparently got a commitment from uh, somebody don't know if it's a high schooler. Don't know if it's somebody in the transfer uh, portal. John, they they have been active. South Carolina has already. They offered a tight end. We'll talk about him. Offered a tight end uh, from Maryland, who's a good player at Maryland, and is looking to leave Maryland for some reason. And we'll talk about him. And there are others that South Carolina is looking at. And Clemson's still trying to finish up the very end of um, the recruiting for this class with some high school guys that they've been been chasing. Uh, Seeing here the former Gamecock quarterback, Virginia Tech quarterback Jason Brown is back in the portal. This is where it gets ridiculous. I mean, it really does. Okay, guys, I'll I'll give you a one-time, 
you transfer one time. But now, you know, in the case of Jason Brown, this will be his what stop. This will be uh, he was at the smaller school. St. Francis. Right, right. and then South Carolina Mm -hmm. to Virginia. This will be his fourth school. In what, four years, five years? Yeah. I mean, where where does it make any sense for – quote, unquote, the student-athlete college aspect of things, when you're changing schools, is it that easy to get in and out of schools today? I wouldn't think so. And you, you, you worry it if a degree is something you are pursuing. You worry about how, how many times you can keep having credits transferred to the next it's school. Amazing. You may never finish. And the one thing, too, Phil, I think we're doing a disservice, and I agree with you. I think the one-time transfer is not the worst idea. No. But when you start transferring three and four times through a five- or six-year span of time, and then you go into the business world, what kind of incentive do you have to stay at your job for more than nine, 12 months? Well, now, I have to give, you know, if he's graduate, the thing is, you can graduate, you can, you can transfer one time as mm-hmm. an undergrad right. free, and then if you graduate, you can transfer again mm-hmm. for free. So, I mean – and a lot of people feel like if you get your graduate degree, especially if you've been at that school for three or four years, you've got your graduate degree, you've done your due diligence no at that, that school, yeah, exactly. you've given yeah. them your time mm-hmm. and your your sweat, and you should be free to do it. But this is a case where it's a one-year stopover, and I guess he graduated, now he's going to transfer as a uh, graduate student, I, I would think, based on the fact that he was at St. Francis for a couple of years, then he was at South Carolina. He's got to be you know, going on to the, to the graduate side of things, that I would think, so... Anyway, that's, uh, that's just come out. Our poll question of the week, hope you have a chance to get to it, has to do with the, the change. You know, I said in my uh, video recap Saturday night, Sunday morning from Charlotte, that watching what transpired, it was like, it was like a funeral and a birth all in the same game. You know, the end mm-hmm. of DJ Uwe Yangalale at Clemson and the beginning of the new era with Cade Klebnik. Our poll question is, what do you think the Tigers will achieve with Klubnik at quarterback the next three years? Wow. 44.4%, 333 votes are in. 44.4% say an ACC title at best. 27.9% a national championship. 27.6% neither of the above, which means yeah, just so-so. Of course, a lot depends on who you surround him with. He was mm-hmm. very good against North Carolina. I will caution you to say that that wasn't a very good defense no. that North Carolina had on the field. And it was probably the perfect time if you are going to make the change. And it was clear after the ball game when Dabo started talking about how they had already had sort of a, to bar Joe Mowgli as point, a secession plan for that ball game, that they started working him in. It felt like this might be a much better scenario than throwing him in there at Notre Dame and put him in a horrible position as they did earlier this season. But again, I think you're right. You, you need to pump the brakes. He hasn't gone from sitting on the bench to now Heisman Trophy front runner for mm-hmm. next year just off one game. If he can carry that over against relatively poor defense again that they're going to see in the Orange Bowl in Tennessee, then you've got something going into next season. Forgot Luke Doty. Thank you, Pat. Mm-hmm. Forgot Luke Doty when I was talking about USC quarterback room, but I don't know that he's ever going to be a factor at South Carolina despite them talking about how much he's improved and, and all of that. I mean, we didn't see him hardly at all this past season, and um, I don't know that, you know, especially if Rattler comes back, but – um, is he going to be a guy that's going to be able to step up and, and, and take charge of, of the quarterback position? I guess time will tell, and we'll see if he hangs in there with the Gamecocks. You just never know anymore. We do have the finalists for the Heisman Trophy. I got my vote in yesterday, and I can't not reveal. They ask us not to reveal who we voted for, 
So I'll reserve that until after it's announced. But the finalists are Stetson Bennett from Georgia, Max Dugan from – is it Dugan or Duggan? I think it's Duggan. Max Duggan from TCU, C.J. Stroud from Ohio State, and Caleb Williams from Southern Cal. Four finalists for the Heisman, Bennett, Duggan, Stroud, and Caleb Williams. All right, back to the phone calls, 888-898-2525. And we go to uh, Delvin in Fountain Inn up next on Sports Talk. Uh, Delvin, welcome in. How are you? I'm doing good. How you doing? How you doing, Phil? We're doing fine, doing fine. So you can tell me and Chris and Pat, you voted for K-Club, man. It's okay. You can tell us. <laughs> well, you know, I, I cannot you, reveal my vote. you got a breaking news story, <laughs> yeah. Delvin. You have figured it out, my friend. <laughs> Cannot See, reveal uh, the vote. Hey, uh, you know my quarterback. You you, you know my quarterback room with DJ transfer and Hunter Johnson going. That one might go. I think that one going to transfer for this year. I think they're going to get a couple players. I think they're going to get wide receivers and some defense and someone to help on the defense too. I think they're going to do. It. I think he's going. He said he won't do it, but I think he's going to do it this year. Well, you know, defensively, some of that will depend on the health of Xavier Thomas if he decides to come back for another year. If he does, then there's a defensive end. You might see Brissy move out to defensive end, um, but yeah, I mean they will attempt to go into the to the portal with some self-imposed restrictions, like they looked last year, but they only wanted offensive linemen who were grad students, graduate transfers. They didn't want the the younger ones. Um, will they continue to kind of limit themselves in looking at the pool that way? You know, Sweeney has been a big believer of high school recruiting and developing those players. And winning that way, it's just it's just hard to change your stripes when everybody else is doing something and you believe in the way you're doing it. It's just hard to give it up. If he saw his right receiver play this year, trust me, he's gonna change his stripes. Well, we'll see. He hasn't done it yet. We'll see what happens with this class and what what's gonna happen here come January. He might get a veteran for the quarterback room because you got two young friends. You got the covenant. You got that. I can't say that ain't defense in the kid. Coming in, so you got to get a veteran back up in there. And yeah, then, Christian uh, Vizzini. You got Christian Vizzini yeah. coming in from Birmingham. Uh, you've got, uh, of course, Klubnik. Um, behind them, you don't really have um, very much. You know, you don't really yeah. have very much. You know, so you might have to go and see if you can find yourself a veteran in the portal. But then again, I mean, a veteran quarterback in the portal, when he transfers, he wants to play. He basically wants to be told. You're, you're going to play here. It's your job. He doesn't want to really have to come in and compete. He wants it handed to him, right? I would think so. Yeah. If, if and how, you, and how, I was say, how shall you guys – I'll just go – how shall you think by uh, Scott Satterfield leaving Louisville for Cincinnati? I was shocked by that. Didn't see that coming. No. Didn't see that coming. And this has got to be a first, right? How many times – I'm going to call, guys. Thank you. How many times has a coach – left a team to go to the team that his team is playing in the bowl game. <laughs> he really did not want to coach against Cincinnati, did he? I mean, Here's the easiest way to do it. I'll get out of here and go coach him next year. Look, he's been looking to get out of Louisville for years. We all know he interviewed at South Carolina before they hired Beamer. So he's been looking to go. And I, don't, I think that he lost a lot of his fan base, I mm-hmm. would think, with that flirtation with oh, South no Carolina. Question. Byers remorse leaving Appalachian, I think, too. I think so. He may have been in a better situation. Is Cincinnati a better – I mean, I know they've been better, but is that a better – I mean, you were talking about an ACC school. You're right. talking about Louisville going to Cincinnati. That's a step down. I don't know what the contract deal is and all that, but that seems like a, 
a major step – well, not a major, but a, but a step down. Though Cincinnati has had the better success in mm-hmm. football here of late, uh, because that's because you know, Fickle did a, a hell of a job there with that program. Well, Phil, yeah, also remember, remember Cincinnati is joining the Big 12 along with Houston and UCF, so they now Man. will be a Power 5 <laughs> conference Pat member. Pat is on his game. Did you just spend the weekend just waiting for me to make mistakes and so you could correct me? That's at least four tonight. Holy smokes. I'm just going to take off my headset and let you and uh, let you and Chris finish out. Um, all right, 888-898-2525 is the number. Here are some co- – you got something? I got one other piece of coaching news that we probably should pass along. Ian okay. Garen tweeting this out earlier from MyOriNews.com. Uh, Conway High School in search of a new head football coach. Evidently really? Carlton Terry not being retained, so that job is now open on their Ori County Schools website. Okay. Uh, of course, yesterday was a bowl announcement day. Uh, here is some of Shane Beamer, the USC football coach, as he met with the media yesterday afternoon in the – Bowels, inside the bowels, I say, of Williams-Brice Stadium down in the post-game interview room. Um, and uh, <laughs> he was obviously uh, very happy about uh, the bowl assignment. Uh, apparently, South Carolina had the Gator Bowl uh, possibility. They had the uh, the bowl in Tampa uh, at the possibility mm-hmm. as well. LSU was going to go to the Citrus Bowl in Orlando. That was, that was kind of uh, – not in play as the day wore on. It was those two and things you know, get juggled around between the SEC and the schools. Who wants what? Who wants this? Who can you be matched up with? I think it's a great opportunity to South Carolina to go to a name, a prestigious bowl like the Gator Bowl in Florida. You're, you, I would imagine 30,000 Gamecock fans will be there at least, if not more, to play <laughs> you know, arguably no matter what the case uh, the most glamorous name no, in college question. football, no yeah. matter what the record, the <clears throat> most glamorous name in college football, Notre Dame. Here's a little bit about that from Shane Beamer. What an opportunity for our players to uh, play a team like Notre Dame, a fantastic opponent. I know our fans are excited, as they should be, playing in the Gator Bowl for the first time, I believe since 1987, one that uh, our players are excited about, I'm excited about, and I know our fan base is excited about a, a new a new venue, new location to be playing in, a new bowl game uh, as well. The opportunity, I haven't seen all the bowl matchups. I don't really know who's playing who, but uh, I know this one's going to be right at the top as far as excitement about the game. Two nationally ranked teams uh, that have had you know uh, really great moments throughout the season as well. Um, and, and the opportunity is the only game on, I believe, on December 30th at 3.30 p.m. I think that's the only bowl game also. So all eyes are going to be on us. We know that, you know, what we've done the last couple of weeks, there's a lot of excitement, like I said, nationally about us. And then certainly uh, we all know what Notre Dame brings from a TV ratings standpoint also. So it's going to be an awesome time, awesome trip, and, and we're looking forward to getting down there. I certainly, you know, said I wanted to thank the Gator Bowl. Certainly want to thank Coach Tanner because I know he's been – uh, burning up the phones uh, as well over this last uh, week and a half to try and get this done. Probably the first time you two have seen each other since uh, last week as well. Uh, also, being here, uh, being here. But thanks to Coach Tanner and Chance and Charles Waddell and all everyone in our administration for for that. And it's good to be wanted. That's what I just told our staff. We just came from a staff meeting, and there were a lot of bowl games that that wanted the South Carolina Gamecocks. And um, I think there's something to be said for that. I tweeted it this morning, and it's true. It's, it's great to be wanted, and, and we were. Got a lot of work to do between now and then. I know a lot has happened since I saw you guys last at, uh, at Clemson as well. Uh, Marcus Satterfield decided to take the opportunity at Nebraska. Wish him well. 
uh, good opportunity for him to get connected back with uh, Coach Rule and a lot of those guys that he's coached with at not only Baylor but Temple as well. So he was excited about the opportunity, and we thank him for everything that he did for South Carolina football in his two years here and wish him well out in Lincoln with uh, Coach Rule and, and had a good conversation with, with Marcus. Uh, I've communicated with Coach Rule and and uh, nothing but um, uh, respect for them and wish them well uh, in regards to this search. Not that it wasn't appealing two years ago, but there's a lot, it's a lot more appealing uh, now. There's a lot more interest in it now than what it was two years ago when I was trying to hire an offensive coordinator. Uh, the amount of people that have reached out to me from you know, sitting head coaches to NFL coaches to current coordinators uh, has been pretty, pretty impressive. And, and uh, certainly have had some you know, conversations, but nothing, uh, nothing imminent. But certainly, no, we can't wait forever, and we're not going to uh, either. But I also want to make sure, as I did, everybody wants it done like tomorrow. I want to make sure we have the right fit and, and for, for everyone involved, not just in the short term, but long term as well for what's best with, for South Carolina football. Uh, had a lot of individual meetings. We played the game against Clemson on Saturday. Sunday gave everyone off. We all deserved a day off and, and needed that. And then Monday morning had a team meeting and had probably 30-plus individual meetings with a lot of the guys on our football team just uh, touching base, the season, where they are going forward. Some of them have a lot of decisions to make in regards to their futures and had some really, really, really positive conversations with, with those guys. And certainly we have some guys that still have some decisions to make. But as always, we'll be open and honest with our players and, and want great lines of communication that are, that are open as we help them to make decisions for, for their future as well. So we'll continue to help them through that. Uh, we did that Monday, Tuesday, and really Wednesday. And then we hit the road recruiting uh, over the weekend as well. So our coaches were in multiple places, as was I, uh, starting on Friday. Did some home visits on Friday and, and school visits on Friday. And then Atlanta yesterday. And tonight, today we've been back in the office. And tonight we've got our end of season awards dinner for our players. So about to head to that as soon as I walk out of here. And then we will be back out on them. we got some coaches leaving tonight from the banquet to fly places to go recruiting tomorrow morning. And then I'll, um, I'll be doing the same uh, off and on throughout the week. Going to spend a couple days in, in, um, in, or not long, but a short time in Las Vegas this week. I'm going out there to uh, Sylvester Croom, who gave me my first opportunity to be a head coach in the SC, or a head coach, an assistant coach in the SEC back at Mississippi State in 2004. Coach Croom is being inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame, and I would not miss that for the world to go out there and, and celebrate that with him um, uh, for the opportunity he gave me back in 2004 when I was a 26-year-old graduate assistant at the University of Tennessee, and he gave me a full-time job in the SEC. I'll forever be grateful for that, so I'm looking forward to going out there and honoring him as he's honored. And then from there, back, back to the recruiting trail. Uh, we'll be on the road recruiting the next week and a half, and then our plan as, as of now is to start bowl practices a week from this upcoming Thursday. So our players have exams this week. Uh, they need to focus on that, finishing up the semester strong. And then they'll have a little bit of a break uh, once they get done with exams here at the end of the week. And then everybody will be back in Columbia on uh, a week from this upcoming Thursday. Plan to get uh, a handful of practices done here in Columbia before we break for a few days around Christmas time. And then reconvene in Jacksonville to, to start the week and get ready to have a, a great time down in Jacksonville against a great opponent. So that's kind of the update on where we are with a lot of things. Questions that you guys have. Yeah, Coach, why are you so mean to Phil? <laughs> um, no, 
They'll be staying out there at <laughs> They'll be staying out there at Sawgrass too by the way. So that's not half oh, bad. Oh nice. Very nice. That's not half bad. And if you've not seen the uh, Gamecock Palmetto Bowl hype video, uh, Phil's prominently featured in that oh, as well. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Saw that. <laughs> so, um also want to mention that um he said coach Adkins is on the road recruiting. He's health his health health, uh, health issues are behind him and uh he I, the question was asked, do you expect him to be the offensive line coach? He said, well, you know, you, I, somebody questioned me on our Twitter about that and where, whether he did say with certainty that Atkins would be back. He didn't say he wouldn't be. He said enough to lead you to believe he is because he's recruiting and his health is good. And But he said, you know, we'll see. We'll kind of take it kind of day by day with him. Injury, oh, Josh Van, he said, is, um, is possible – Probably means he won't play, said it's possible. Mm-hmm. You know how Beamer is when he gives you an evaluation of a player's injury situation. Um, and uh, otherwise, I think, uh, you know, they're ready to go and, and ready to uh, head down to uh, – they're going to you know, start practice, like he said, a few days in Columbia and then break for the holidays and then regather down in, in Jacksonville. Um, you had something that you wanted to uh, – Pat, did you have something else you wanted to say? No, Pat did. Uh, Pat, what did you have? Oh, just a, another note here in the transfer portal that has to do with specifically Clemson and the ACC. Uh, Pitt's starting quarterback this year, I, I'm going to butcher this name, but Kadon Slovis or Kedon Slovis, however you say his name, he, he remember he just transferred in there last season. He has now re-entered the transfer portal, and right away Phil Jerkovic, the starter for Boston College, who's a near-Pittsburgh native, grew up just outside of Pittsburgh, he has now uh, uh, said that he is transferring into Pitt, and there he will be reuniting with his former offensive coordinator from B.C., Frank Signetti Jr., who was the O.C. at B.C. when Jerkovic really kind of took the conference by storm and led a fairly bad team to a pretty good season. You know how ESPN has ESPN, regular ESPN and ESPN2? We need to branch out and do Sports Talk regular where we just do our normal show and then Sports Talk 2 where Pat can just talk for two hours about yeah. the transfer portal. <laughs> he's all over it, man. He's our, he's our eyes and ears on things that we can't put our eyes and ears on. Just leave him over there and he can talk uh, sort of like the bottom line. He can just constantly update the uh, the uh, transfer portal for two hours every night. I'd Let's go to the too. break and we'll come back. We'll give you the, um, <laughs> the, give me the recruiting report for tonight. Uh, Zach Willis is coming up at the bottom of the hour. Uh, some Dabo Sweeney and a little bit from Tim Beck as well, right? A little bit from Tim Beck. Uh, got that coming to you. So stay with us here on Sports Talk. We're at Coastal Carolina. We're actually in the HTC Center. We're actually in the presidential suite, the Springs presidential suite. Not the only time I get to come in here. Is that right? You don't get to come in here <laughs> with the here beautiful to... people? No, sir. Yeah. Well, you're, I'm you're, down there on the floor. You're working. Yes. You're a working man. Okay. Uh, all that is coming up when we come back. Don't go away. In Columbia, South Carolina, the game days are our specialty. Whether you're watching the game from inside the stadium or from the big screen at your favorite local spot, the energy remains the same. Craft the perfect fall Saturday in a city where there is plenty of action on and off the field. From tubing and kayaking to Soda City to rooftop restaurants and plenty barbecue, we're ready when you are. Plan your weekend at experiencecolumbiasc.com. 
South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at sccattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. I'm attorney Jim Corbett. I love sports, and I've helped people for over 30 years. Contact me at jim at jimcorbettattorney.com when the insurance company won't pay your claim or you have complicated issues. Some other business causes your business to lose money? Jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. When you lose a relative and find out you got cut out of a will or don't get what was promised. When you have serious injury, like from a wreck or mishap or on the job. Jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. Life, it has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game, it's played for fun. So set a dollar amount, expect not to win, and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit playresponsiblysc.com. Okay, we're back. Sports Talk to the Recruiting Report. Here on this, what night is this? This Monday night from uh, Coastal <laughs> Carolina. Uh, my head is still spinning from everything that's been going on. Um, recruiting is brought to you by Seawells. And, of course, the uh, Daily Luncheon Buffet, we remind you of that every day, 11 till 2. It's going to be a great week for the Daily Luncheon Buffet uh, because they have the same coaching staff they've had for about 80 years there. And Mrs. Seawell still there, and she is the head coach of the Seawell's cooking staff and everybody else. So you know the quality is outstanding, and nothing has changed for nearly 80 years for Seawell. So check out the Debbie Luncheon Buffet uh, on the Rosewood Drive at their location, 11 till 2. And, of course, the very best catering uh, in the world is Seawell's. 803-771-7385 is the number. All right, I already see the break is coming up. We'll go here at the beginning and then we'll break and finish up so in the uh, portal right now for clemson uyang valet fred davis uh, kevin swint kobe price uh sergio allen was the one i was confusing with kevin swint he's the one that left the team a little while back i had those two confused so my apologies receiver dakari collins who's been gone for a while and receiver ej williams for usc safety joey hunter Tied in Austin Stogner, safety R.J. Roderick, and linebacker Daryl Ware, a scholarship folks uh, in the portal, John. More coming up after the break. With the... Continue with the recruiting report, and then Zach Willis will join us. 
So we talked about the players in the uh, portal, the portal, John, on their way out. Now, USC was the first to offer Maryland transfer tight end C.J. Dupree, 6'5", 260. He's a Pennsylvania native. He's also picked up Illinois, Syracuse, Ole Miss, NC State, and West Virginia. He played in 14 games in two seasons at Maryland. He had uh, 33 catches for over 300 yards and three touchdowns in his uh, two seasons. I think he'd have three years of eligibility because his first year he only played in two games. Old Dominion wide receiver Ali Jennings, who's the brother of former Clemson defensive back Kayvon Wallace, is transferring, and many uh, Power 5 offers have come his way. And uh, he was a, a strong target uh, of Clemson, uh, or, or he was strong on Clemson um, back in the day when he was coming out of high school in Richmond, Virginia. His teammate is a USC receiver, Juice Wells. So the Gamecocks may uh, jump in there with him as well. We'll have to wait and see uh, what happens with that. But back when he was coming out of high school, he was um, highly interested in Clemson. The Tigers didn't move on him, and he went to Old Dominion, where he's a very good receiver there this year. Clemson target running back Christopher Johnson has set December 21st for his commitment announcement. Took an official to Clemson November 25th. Scheduled for Penn State this weekend. Miami, Ole Miss, and Alabama have also been in play. Alabama starting offensive guard Javion Cohen, who originally committed to USC out of Phoenix City, Alabama back in 2019. He's transferring. Don't know if South Carolina will jump in there or not. You don't know if they still have the same feelings like three or four years later. Former Dutch Fork wide receiver Elijah Spencer of Charlotte is transferring. 57 catches, 943 yards, nine touchdowns this season. That might be one to keep an eye on for South Carolina, possibly. Dutch Fork running back Jarvis Green put on a show in the state championship game in front of college recruiters. 241 yards, three touchdowns, caught a touchdown pass in leading his team to the state championship. USC's Jody Wright talked with him on the field after the game. Otherwise, he said he hadn't heard much from USC or that much from Clemson, which he has called his uh, dream school or his dream offer is Clemson, but they, they're not making a big push for him yet because they're looking at two other uh, running backs they've already offered, and they might get one or they might get both of them. Green recently took an official visit to Appalachian State. He said Virginia Tech, North Carolina, and Boston College are three others he's been hearing from uh, this season in 13 games. 2,272 yards and 33 touchdowns, according to Max Preps. USC coaches on hand Saturday night to watch South Florence quarterback Lenora Sellers in the 4A championship game. They've offered Sellers, who's been committed to Syracuse, and he put on a show as well as the one the state championship. 2023 tight end Maurice Brown of Upper Marlboro, Maryland, announced uh, that he'll transfer or, or he'll go to USC as a preferred walk-on. He's a former Army commitment. USC target corner Isaiah Johnson of Richmond, official to Michigan State over the weekend. Virginia Tech this weekend, USC on the 16th. USC target defensive end tight end Nick Harbor of Washington, unofficial to Maryland Saturday for their basketball game, has an official there this coming weekend. He's been to USC in Michigan officially, scheduled for one to Georgia December 16th. He also plans to take an official to LSU in January and sign in February. 2024 receiver free safety Braylon Burnside of Starkville, Mississippi, 
named a top eight of USC, Florida State, Mississippi State, Oregon, Memphis, Ole Miss, Jackson State, and Alcorn State. USC offered 2025 quarterback K.J. Lacey of Sarah Land, Alabama. I think Clemson has a punter from Sarah Land, Alabama. Hmm. Jack Smith, he punted the other night. Offensive tackle Spencer Fineau, Provo, Utah, announces tomorrow he's down to uh, Clemson, Michigan, Oregon, and Utah. Oregon coaches in home over the weekend. Dabo Sweeney expected to be in in the morning, and we'll see uh, what he does in the afternoon. 2024 corner Jalen Crawford of Lilburn, Georgia, was offered by Clemson. Athlete Sudarian Harrison of Woodland took an official to Virginia over the weekend. 24 receiver Bray Staley of Aiken was offered by NC State. 2025 receiver Marshall Pritchett, a Charleston native going to school in Georgia, offered by North Carolina. 6'5", Cam Scott of Lexington, named a final six of USC, Florida State, Texas, Tennessee, Auburn, and Kansas. Two who did not make the cut, notably Duke and North Carolina. Did not make the cut, and they recruited him hard. No Blue Devils, no Tar Heels. Gamecocks are still in it. Florida State, Texas, Tennessee, Auburn, and Kansas. That'll do it for recruiting tonight here on Sports Talk. Let's welcome in for an edition of First and Ten, our final one, until we get to the bowl season, our good friend Zach Willis. Good evening, Coach. How are you? Hey, Phil. How are you doing tonight? We are doing fine. We're going to go quickly here because our time is short and we want to get as much out of you as we can. What do you <laughs> think of uh, Clemson, uh, the way they played the other night, and the transition, the new era at quarterback? Well, I think it was a tale of two quarterbacks, and – when the young kid came in or when Klubnik came in there, you know, body language. I noticed body language first when you're a coach. That's something you kind of learn and you're trained to, to, to look at your team. It's the body language even on the bench changed. And obviously his performance only elevated that, but it was like the old Clemson in that ball game and really, really a timely uh, entry for that kid into the program and he did a great job. What did you like most about his performance? What did you see in him? Very clean, very quick, very um, in control of the game. Great footwork. Every, every Everything was really good. Even when he scrambled, he did it right. He took care of himself. Uh, very good runner. I was shocked at how strong his arm is. He has a big-time arm, and, and I mean a big-time arm. So I nothing to, nothing to say bad at all. I mean, he really looked like he knew what he was doing. He was very comfortable, and that impressed me the most. All right, so you know, you know the the second thing out of Clemson fans' mouths, I guess, Saturday night, Sunday morning after, man, it sure was great to win the ACC championship. Was why didn't they play the kid against South Carolina when Uyangalale was was struggling so mightily? You think it was because uh, they were still they were leading South Carolina. They were, you know, they they had that lead until early in the fourth quarter, and and Dabo and the staff just didn't feel like it was necessary to make the move. Well, they're only down by one point, and you know they've made had so many games where they've one point's nothing to a team like Clemson. In most cases, this case it was, and I'll, I'll say this, Phil, I've always viewed these changes, you know, in life. I mean, you go through seasons of the year, and you know if you plant a, a orange tree, and you put pick that fruit before it's time, you're going to ruin it. And I think that they did a great job of timing when he came in, because at that point, you know. Clemson's playing South Carolina a tough game. 
that is a hard, hard position to put a kid like that in. I'm not saying it wouldn't have worked, but I've always believed that sometimes when you're doing things the right way, and I think for the most part, Clemson does things the right way with their kids. They know when they're ready. And he, they tried him against Notre Dame. He wasn't ready. Um, and it just, to me, it, it goes back to it's just like Clemson's a farm, a big agricultural school. You've got a harvest time, and, and it was harvest time for this kid, in, you know, in the ACC championship, not before. I think it was perfect timing. And you can't control everything to all the fans out there. Not even Dabo Swinney, as great as he is, has control over everything. He'll be the first one to tell you. And that's what's frustrating about coaching. Yeah, yeah. What do you think of the defense after giving up that long drive to North Carolina on the opening possession? They went right down the field. Drake made it like he was going to eat Clemson's defense up all night, and then they pretty yeah. much put the uh, the hammer down on them. What did you see differently with the defense after that first drive? Well, I, I was I was privy to some inside information. If you were watching the bench, uh, their defensive unit was sitting on the bench, third down popped up. Brzee has his helmet on, waiting to go on for punt team, knowing they're not going to get a completion. Klubnik converts the third down, and you see the whole sideline changing. I was not there in the stadium. I had people that witnessed it and folks telling me about it, and I saw some of it myself. And the whole, the whole team dynamic changed for the better when that first down was converted and when they everything he did from there just built and built and built, and it translates – because when they talk about complementary football, to me, complementary football is what you saw in Clemson. That they were one guy away from being a great team, and they were a great team last Saturday night. There's no question about that. They'd have been hard to beat with anybody, and their defense was back to Clemson defense, and they shut down what will one day be probably the overall number one draft in NFL draft. Drake May is a phenom. That guy's a great player, and they made him look really ordinary after he showed just how good he could be the drive before. All right. Uh, before we let you go, what would you think of the uh, bowl matchup, the pairing for South Carolina, the Gator Bowl against Notre Dame? I, I think any time you can get Notre Dame a, and a chance to beat them, that's a great opportunity. You can really uh, add a a nice uh, uh, name to your resume, your bowl-winning resume, if you can go in there and beat the Irish in the Gator Bowl. Oh, I think it's a tremendous opportunity for them. Uh, you know, Notre Dame coming out of uh, northern Indiana, Hopefully it'll be nice and warm that day. They'll melt in the second half. South Carolina's got to play great run defense in this ball game. They need to play like they played against Clemson and Tennessee. If they do that, they're going to have a tremendous opportunity to do exactly what you see because they've got the team and they definitely got the quarterback to do it with. Mm -hmm. Zach, Phil and I are down here at Coastal Carolina tonight for the introduction earlier today for their new football coach, Tim Beck. You've gone through coaching changes throughout your career. What's the difficulty of being the new guy on the block and taking over a football team? What's the biggest challenge right off the bat that, say, Tim Beck is going to face? Well, he's going to have to win over that locker room. Uh, they've done a lot of winning at that school. You know, there's a lot of expectations at that school for that football team to do well, and he's been handed a gold mine. And I think one thing is don't come in and try to change too much. They're already winning. Just make sure you maintain what's going on and then build on it through recruiting which the size, sky's the limit. Now, if you're in a losing situation, that's a whole other interview. But with these guys, it's conference championship and then try to get into the top 25 and make some noise there and ascend the ranks because they've got everything they need to do it. As always, my friend, we really appreciate it. Thanks for the insight. Enjoy your holidays, and we'll get back with you in the meat of bowl season. You got it, my friend. You guys take care. Thanks, Thank Coach. You. Thank you very much. Speaking of bowl games, here's a little bit of Dabo Sweeney 
from Sunday previewing the Tigers Bowl matchup. They're going to the Orange Bowl in Fort Lauderdale to uh, take on Tennessee backup quarterback, and we'll see how effective Tennessee is. It's too bad that Hendon Hooker is mm-hmm. hurt. Love to see that matchup with him, but that's not going to be the case. Here's Dabo Sweeney, a little bit on that. I had the opportunity to play in this game is something that, you know, you really dream of. Uh, and uh, especially here at Clemson, you know, we, we took 30 years to get back there uh, when we got there in 11, and, and now to be able to get back there for the fourth time in 12 years. Um I'm thankful that this team is going to get that experience and our staff because it is a, it is a, an iconic, uh, you know, bowl experience. And then uh, you throw in the fact that you get a chance to compete against a, a team like Tennessee uh, that, that may, may, you know, be the best team in the country this year. Um, you know, they, they are one of those teams that certainly, uh, you know, can play with anybody and they showed that all year. Uh, and uh, so, it's a great matchup, and I know both teams, both fan bases will be super excited uh, to, to see these teams compete on the field. But we're thankful uh, for the opportunity, and again, really proud of our team for how they competed and, and to win this ACC championship and uh, earn the right to get back to the Orange Bowl in New Year's Six. So, Thank you. Hi, Dabo. Congratulations. We all know the times we're in in college football, and we're going to see – Obviously, a lot of kids opting out from around the country from the bowl games and whatnot. What What do you do to convince your kids that? I mean, you have always spoken very highly of this game. What do you do to convince your kids that this, the opportunity to play in a game like this, doesn't come along every day, and that should sort of enter into their to their thinking too a little bit sometimes? Well, I mean, we just you know, uh, it's an opportunity to play first of all, and uh, and not only play, but again to have uh, an experience that is really special. Uh, it really is. I mean, again, um, I, I got to go to the Orange Bowl in 1999 when I was coaching at Alabama. In fact, it was Tom Brady's uh, last game and uh, at Michigan there. So that was a, a special. It was turning uh, 2000. That was the, the Y2K days. Uh, so that was an unbelievable experience for me as a young coach. And then obviously uh, to get back a few times here at Clemson and to, to, to know those memories that have been built, um, you know, throughout our teams over the years. So, you know, you, you share those things and, and all that. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, I mean, I don't think you really should have to convince someone. At the end of the day, you know, if somebody doesn't want to play, you respect their decision to keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of that going on as more and more names are popping up into the transfer portal, John, from all across the country. And we'll see what teams uh, have in their rosters by the time they get to the to the bowl games. It's going to be a lot of change, I'm sure, for many, many teams. You know, it's funny, last year Clemson didn't have any opt-outs. They were very proud of that when they went to the Cheez-It Bowl in Orlando. That was something they made a point of. Not going to be the case this year as they are, you know, the rats are jumping ship as quickly as they can here after the regular season. Okay, we go to the break. When we come back, a few comments from the new head football coach here at Coastal Carolina, Coach Tim Beck, veteran coach, getting his first opportunity to be a head coach and highly regarded quarterback coach and offensive coordinator over the years in Power 5 football, many of those years. Most recently at NC State, where he did a heck of a job navigating through a bunch of injuries in his quarterback group. We'll bring you that coming up after the break. (laughs) 
You were always more than my mom. You were my role model, my best friend, and biggest supporter. You filled my days with unconditional love. And you also prepared for the day when you couldn't be here. Because of the woman you were back then, I'm able to be the woman I am now. Your planning made this moment possible. Set your family up for life. Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance. Your friends for life. Life insurance isn't for you. It's for those you love the most. For a complete insurance review, call Buddy Bridges in Lawrence County at 864-923-2174. Serving Lawrence, Clinton, and the shores of Lake Greenwood. Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. Not licensed to do business in all 50 states. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games. Sit from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. Okay, Coach, back in a moment, one more little piece of recruiting that has uh, come before my eyes here in the last few seconds. That is a player South Carolina has been recruiting in the 24 class, Michael Smith. He's a tight end out of Savannah, Georgia. He's going to commit January 24th at 1230. So plan your <laughs> vacations accordingly. Uh, January 24th. 1230, Michael Smith, South Carolina is one of his final eight schools, so they're in the hunt there. We, uh, are we Can we go with Coach Beck now? Are we set for that? We'll have Coach Beck here in just a moment. Uh, I'll let you lead in to his comments there, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, whatever your name is, <laughs> Mr. Chris. <laughs> well, he was the back half, obviously, of the uh, press conference after Joe Mowgli has spoken. President uh, Michael Benson spoke about the, the job they did to put him in the place to take over as head coach at Coastal and how excited they were to have him. And he told an interesting story about how football has sort of shaped his life. And the one thing he loves about football is the opportunity to do so to young men. I grew up playing football, started in the backyard, local neighborhoods. We'd go around and play other neighborhoods. And we had a pretty good neighborhood team growing up. And, uh, and that's who I became, and it became a part of me. And so every decision and every move that I made along the way turned into uh, decisions for this moment. I was a high school coach. I wouldn't trade that for the world. I was able to learn an awful lot of building programs, making decisions, guiding and mentoring people along the way. 
I was an offensive coordinator for 14 years at some highly profiled programs that taught me how to, to monitor and continue to control at the collegiate level and to coach and to guide. And all of it led to this moment. In 2016, my daughter is being recruited in volleyball and we took, we took visits and we happened to be down here. And we came here and we met with Coach Foreman. And uh, I remember looking at my wife and saying, this place is a gold mine. This is it, this is the one. And sure enough, from the leadership, Coach Mowgli at the time was the coach. They were winning and doing great things. And then he passed the torch along to coach and they continued to win. And in 2016, I remember sitting on the beach and the baseball team winning the national championship. And everybody on the beach was cheering and listening to the game on the radio, as, as were we. Um, and it just seemed like faith. And this became the job I wanted. And I watched and I saw the culture, I saw the leadership, I saw it continue and it just made me more hungry for the job and I waited for this one. The culture here created from our leadership is very, very similar to my belief and who I am and what I am going to try to continue to do here as well. I believe in the BAM standard. I believe in family. I believe in love. It's okay to use that word. It's all right. I believe in alignment. I believe in loyalty amongst two, amongst everybody involved in the program. I believe in having fun. It is still just a game. And although it gets put on a pedestal, it's about having fun with your brothers out on the field on a Saturday night. It doesn't get any better than that. Uh, looking forward to seeing what uh, Tim Beck can do. Uh, like we said, as you heard earlier, this was a guy that they pinpointed years mm-hmm. ago, Joe Moglia did, for potentially this very moment. What will you remember most about the Jamie Chadwell era? Just the amount of success that they have had under him. And, you know, when they transitioned over to the FBS level, they found out real quick they didn't have all the players they needed. And it did not take long for Jamie Tanwell and his staff to go out and recruit the uh, top-notch players. Plus, it helps, as Matt Hogue was telling us, to have a signal caller like they've had in Grayson McCall. They've been very blessed with that position. But I think one thing that I, I, I was always impressed with him, and this is where Tim Beck – uh, probably on his offensive side is going to have to figure out if he wants to stay with that same identity was the spread option attack. You know exactly what Coastal was going to do, and they ran it as well as anybody. And that, to me, is what Jamie Chadwell sort of instilled in his program. They had an identity both on offense and on defense, but particularly in offense. And an offense, and most teams had a hard time stopping Phil. And mm. this is going to be a, a – these are big shoes to fill. Uh, Jamie Chadwell has left a, a large imprint on that football program, and Tim Beck, as is, is Zach Willis was just saying, don't come in and try and reinvent the wheel. 
you've you've had success in the program you're taking over. They expect success now here at Coastal, and he's got to he's going to have to deliver because you look every coach before him has been successful. David Bennett took it, uh, you know, the first step. Mowgli had got him in deep into the FCS playoffs. Jamie Chadwell takes them to FBS and gets a bowl win. Mm-hmm. Uh, now the next step, I guess, legitimately would be what college football playoff as one of the group of five teams that gets in. No, just be ranked number one among those teams, mm-hmm. right? And you can get in when it goes to 12, uh, unless you can squeeze in there in one of the four for, for next year, right. one more go-round. Okay, that's going to do it. Uh, thanks to uh, Matt Hogue for being with us tonight here at Coastal. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, enjoyed it. Uh, thank you, Pat, for all the corrections. I'm going to go home now and uh, read an encyclopedia <laughs> so I can be as smart as you tomorrow night. And we will see you tomorrow night from here at the beach. We're here for the Touchstone Energy Bowl coming up later in the week. Have a great night.